We'll get into the show in just a moment, but first, Jack Hendler of Jack's Abbey is joining me on the line, and the brewery is a sponsor of this episode, and we're thankful for that. And we're talking about the brewery's Lager of the World series, and the fourth version has just been released, and this time the brewery is headed to Estonia. Jack, welcome back, and what can you tell us about this Baltic Porter you've put together? This Baltic Porter was an awesome collaboration with Pojola in Estonia. Um, but this was really exciting. So I, I was actually a history major in college and <laughs> we got a course on brewing Baltic Porter. It was really interesting. Uh, we learned the, the history of it, how it's changed over the years, uh, who's brewing Baltic Porter. And we were able to really use all this information that we, we learned to brew a whole different Baltic Porter than we've usually done here at the brewery in the past. How is it different from the ones you've done in the past? Tell us about the beer itself. So this is a beer that we brewed with rye. So we've never brewed a Baltic Porter with rye before. And apparently that's a very traditional grain. It's a common grain that's grown in that area of the world. And it's uh, something that we thought would be really interesting to see how that would play on adding a little spiciness, changing maybe the texture of the beer and understanding how it works with all these dark roasts and malts. So aside from a little bit of that spiciness, what are some of the, the flavors and aromas that you've been getting off of this? So there's a few other changes that we made to this to be more in line with what a classic Baltic Porter would be from Estonia. So it all plays together. And one of the other components is the, the gravity of this beer and the attenuation. So it's a, a little bit on the sweeter side than we brewed in the past. It's a little bit lower in ABV. It's roasty, it's chocolatey, has that normal understood Baltic Porter character, but also has uh, that rye character, which helps to dry out the beer just a little bit and play with the, uh, the higher level of residual sweetness in the beer. And it's 8.4% ABV, so perfect for this time of year. Yeah, when I say lower gravity, I'm, I'm comparing <laughs> that to 10% beer. So this is still a very strong beer at 8.4%, but uh, in in relative terms, it's less than some of the other Baltic porters we've brewed. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you more about this uh, at the bottom of the show, and that's when we'll be back again. But in the meantime, I'm going to encourage folks to visit jacksabbey.com to learn more about Lagers of the World Destination Estonia, as well as all of the other beers from Jack's Abbey. Welcome to Drink Beer, Think Beer, the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. I'm John Hall. Sam Riggins is here. He's the founder, owner, and doer of all things at Cosmic Eye in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're talking about beer that tastes like beer, collaborations to grow a business, and the nitty gritty of owning a brewery. And we're able to bring you this show each week, thanks to these advertisers. Athletic Brewing Company's innovative process allows them to brew great tasting craft beer without the alcohol. From IPAs to stouts to gold nails and more, they offer a full selection of beers starting at only 50 calories. Now you can keep your head clear and enjoy the refreshing taste of beer anytime, anywhere. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping on two six-packs or more. New customers can also get 10% off of their entire order with code BEEREDGE10, limit one per customer. We're also brought to you by Stomp Stickers. 
Stomp is a proud member of the Brewers Association that produces a wide variety of printed brewery products, such as beer labels, keg collars, coasters, beer boxes, and much more. Stomp's website features an easy-to-use design tool, low-quantity orders, fast turnaround times, and free domestic shipping. Visit stompstickers.com and use code DRINKBEER15 for 15% off your first order. And NZ Hops is a cooperative of master growers whose legend and cultivars have been crafted for over 150 years with creativity and passion to produce some of the world's finest hops. With a dedicated hop breeding program and farming knowledge handed down through the generations, the current day master growers proudly provide 18 unique New Zealand hop varieties to the world. Visit nzhops.co.nz or find them on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at nzhopsltd to learn more. Sam Riggins is making the most out of his brewery. It's his long-running vision of a brewing operation that he could help. Starting as a home brewer and then working for Nebraska Brewing Company, he and his wife started Cosmic Eye about four years ago, envisioning it as a local tap room, making enough beer to get out into the market. The pandemic, of course, has complicated things, but a stick to itness and a desire to make a beer that doesn't follow hype trends, but that tastes like the beer he wants to drink and is proud to serve has helped bring new drinkers into the fold and has him happy and moving forward. That he's brewing without fuss doesn't mean that he's against experimentation. Nope, he's thoughtful and he's creative when putting recipes together, sometimes relying on the less is more approach, especially when it comes to IPA. As you'll hear, it's helped him grow a customer base and forge deeper connections with the drinkers. Here's our conversation. So you call yourself the doer of all things around the brewery. Right. What is, aside from the actual making of the beer, Right. What is your favorite thing to do? Oh man, not answer emails. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I really do like being up front. You know, play, playing host. Um, you know, and, be, and being able to be up in the tap room and do those kind of things. Um, you know, I, I, there's, you know, there's bad days in the brewery that you you don't really want to go be social. Um, but you know, we put our brewery is right in the middle of our neighborhood where we live. Um, so I love being to be up here and meet people that come in to, to hang out and, and just have a good time. So, yeah, that's probably my second favorite thing next to being by myself and, and brewing beer. <laughs> it's kind of the yin and the yang of the business, you know, Yeah, it's like alone, alone and alone in the back and cussing and sweating or up front in the air conditioning, um, you know, smiling and high-fiving people. <laughs> How have you found, I mean, COVID has obviously interrupted a lot of things, but how have you found the customer interactions to be going? Like how, how have the conversations evolved from the people in your neighborhood from when you first started to where it is now? Sure. So COVID hit how us. it is now, I should say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, COVID hit us uh, really hard. Um, and a big part of that was we were just kind of at that 18-month mark of our business when we got shut down. Um, so we were really just kind of seeing everything take off. Um, <clears throat> we were finally getting to the point where the tap room was busy every day. 
uh, we were just having, you know, absolute bangers on weekends. Um, but then, you know, right, right in that big uptick was when, when we got hit with shutdowns. Um, but you know, our, our customer interactions here have always been pretty good because we're in the neighborhood. Um, yeah. and you know, one of the things that I think really helped us during COVID, um, especially Lincoln, uh, has been in a mask mandate. I mean, we've been in mask mandates pretty much the whole time when we haven't been shut down here. Okay. Um, we were really strict, uh, with our ID policy when we opened, uh, we were really carting, you know, if you were 95 years old, we were carting you at the door, um, which is what, normal what? for Denver, Chicago, New York, uh, but it's not normal here. So people got real weird about it. Why, why were you, why, why did you decide to go that route so early on? Yeah. I mean, ni- 95 is, seems a little extreme, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, unless you got some right. teenagers that have a yeah. you know, Hollywood industrial makeup backgrounds. So we had some pretty serious problems with neighbors, um, neighboring businesses when we opened. Um, I mean, basically, uh, we had a neighbor that uh, tried to shut us down uh, before we even opened uh, and like get our liquor license denied. And um, so in order to kind of appease them um, and make sure we weren't having any problems. I mean, we were taking very literal interpretations of the law. And if you read Nebraska statutes, our, our ID statute literally says that you have to card everybody. Um, So we, so we mostly were doing it just to kind of, you know, steer clear of any potential problems uh, because they can do things like call and say, Hey, we want the police to go do a bar check here. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, just was, to, was that happening? I don't think so, but okay. we were just being, we were just, you know, overabundance of caution. Okay. Um, and so for really for about the first year and a half, we were open. Um, everybody that walked in the door here got ID'd. So then when we pivoted to having to have masks on all the time, um, it was, it was a pretty easy sell for everybody. Um, cause when we said, Hey, this is what we're doing. Um, everybody knew that we were serious about it. Um, so that, that whole ID thing was kind of a blessing in disguise when we pivoted into, to COVID policies, yeah. um, because people knew that, that we weren't going to put up with any of it. So <laughs> that makes sense. You know, it, it, it was, it was kind of nice. So, you know, I think we've talked to a lot of people um, around Lincoln and around the state and, and around the country. Um, and some of the horror stories um, we've seen of, of just real shitty customer interactions. Um, we never really had that here. Okay. Uh, we'd have a couple people here and there that would start to maybe throw a fit and then would just stop. Um, so some of the horror stories were, there, we saw, were those regulars that were that you had known before, or were these people who no, had it just was, discovered your business during the pandemic? Yeah, it was a lot of new newer people that were coming in that were a little more, you know, pushback on the masks. Okay, uh, all our regular customers they know what's up, um, and and we've and we've worked really hard on cultivating. You know, I think it goes back to kind of the way we think about our space too. Like, yeah, we serve alcohol. 
you know, we have a full liquor license here. We're able to do that in Nebraska. Um, so on top of our beer, we're, we're able to sell wine and spirits and, and other people's ciders. I can bring in guest beers if I want to. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, even though we do all those things, um, we've always tried to really make a clear mark, you know, line in the sand that, you know, while we do serve all this stuff, you know, the experience here is different than, a, than being a bar. Um, and I, I, I think kind of having that attitude towards things, um, you know, and even on days when people are hitting it pretty hard here, um, everything's always pretty tame. You know, it's, it's never people just getting drunk and out of line. Yeah. Um, and I think like just cultivating that kind of customer experience, um, you know, I've always said like, we try to be a little more in line with like the British pub ideal with the German beer hall ideal, um, where it's not just like the American bar, go get wasted. Right. And I think that that, you know, having that forefront in our mind, um, with the way our space is used by the public, um, you know, I think it's really helped just have, have a, have a better customer experience and have, and have better customers. Have you, so some of the folks who were coming in early on then, um, I, I guess that was more what I was thinking of the conversations that you had to have sure. with them versus like the conversations that you're having now oh, of sure, have sure. they become better beer drinkers. Have they become yeah, right. more in tune with what you're doing? Are they sure? Yeah. So, you know, really, um, from day one, I mean, we've made it pretty clear that, that we're a, a, a brewery that's focused on, you know, beer that, that tastes like beer. Um, concept, you know, I, I mean, I get look, and here's what I've started saying to people, you know, there's 9,000 breweries in the country. Now, um, if we were all doing the same thing, it, it would, it would sure be boring. Um, and while I, I don't love the hazy stuff, I don't love the slushy sours. I, I don't love the pastry stouts. I understand that those things have a place. Um, and, you know, when we first opened was kind of when that wave of stuff was hitting Nebraska uh, and people would come in and, you know, they'd want the peanut butter and jelly porter. Um, <laughs> and again, not, nothing against this stuff. Like I get it. I get why people like it, but it's not, it's not what I like and it's not what I, and it's not what I do well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when, when people first came in um, you know, we have a couple breweries here that really focus on that stuff. Boiler Brewing's one, um, you know, Tim's really good at what he does. Um, and so like when, when people would come in here, their expectation was, you know, lots of, lots of new England IPAs, um, you know, lots of pastry stouts. Uh, and, and it was really hard at first, um, to kind of win people over to the idea that, you know, we're kind of focusing on classic styles here. Um, you know, lots of, you know, West coasty kind of IPAs. Um, you know, I just put out an Amber Ale a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, and you know, it's like, those were the, beers. so you just, li- you just like seeing beer inventory sit around for a while. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the Amber Ale that we put out, um, was the fastest selling beer we've ever had in cans. Really? Um, I usually gives me hope for 2022, right? I mean, like I kept, we usually keep like 
from like a one-off batch or a small, like a, 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 just a one, a one batch run. I mean, we'll usually keep around 40 or 50 cases of beer uh, on hand for off sale. Okay. Along with whatever we put on draft. Yeah. And, um, that Amber ale, uh, you know, I generally, those beers will last, you know, four to six weeks. Um, that we sold out of that in five days. That's amazing. It just dis- it just disappeared. What can you attribute that to anything? <laughs> well, I mean, part of it was we that was a collaboration we did um, with uh, Precision Skateboards here in Lincoln. Okay. Uh, so they've been in business for uh, thirty. This will be their. They're coming up on thirty eight years, uh, and we kind of tied it in with we're trying to get a real skate park, like awesome concrete park built here in Lincoln. Uh, so we kind of tied it into a fundraiser uh, for that. Um, but I mean, I never thought, I never thought we'd sell that much of that beer in, in five, six days. I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. Um, and we've had other things we put out like that. Like, um, we'll do, we do a lot of loggers here. Right. Um, and I don't really do, I also don't really do things like straight up, you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, going to the BJCP guidelines and, I'm not going to, um, I'm not, I'm not getting Xanachef's book and, you know, doing, uh, classic styles. Um, you know, I'm kind of interpreting those things in, in my own way. So a lot of times we'll do like a lager, but we'll update it maybe with some more of the like modern German hops that are coming out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not like making Pilsners with mosaic or anything like that. Right. Cause you still uh, want the beer to taste like beer. I mean, if that's your right. mantra, but you're also not being, you know, a stick in the mud, I yeah, guess. Yeah, right. And, you know, it's like we're not totally going off script. Um, and we're also, you know, like not trying to reinvent the wheel on, on something. Um, but like we've put out a couple of loggers in the last year where it was like, you know, we did a, a our summer seasonal logger last year was a beer called Floyd Wants to Party. Um, it was all Pilsner malt. And then, um, Monroe, which is a newer German hop that's got a lot of that, that like, one. It's got, uh, it's so good. I don't know if I'm going to be able to buy it for next year. Uh, apparently I was the only brewery in the country buying it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like really bright, like raspberry and cherry. Really? And then it has okay. that kind of like, you know, German-esque noble hop underneath it. Uh, so we did it with that and then with a little bit of Hallertal middle fruit in it also. Uh, and that was the same kind of thing. Like it just hit and just like flew off the shelf. Um, yeah. And it's just, you never know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that, and that's, that's gotta be, it, it, it's gotta be nice when they do sell, but that also has to be cause for frustration. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you, cause you, like I said, you just never know. Um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll put out these beers and it'll be like, Hey, this is, you know, I'll be like, man, this is, this is, I mean, I think they're all good. Right. Or I wouldn't be putting sure. them out, but you know, you hit those every once in a while where you're just like, Holy shit. I, I really did it. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm always happy when I impress myself, you know? <laughs> um, cause I mean, at the, if I'm being honest at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm really brewing for me. Um, and to a smaller extent, uh, for my wife. Um, but you know, like when these things hit and like, you see them fly off the shelf and you're like, Oh man, we did it. (laughs) Has there been a beer 
that you've put out that you really wanted the oh. public to to just see the I don't know, the 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 skill, the dreams, the yeah, the, yeah. you know, the everything into it, and it just <laughs> it sat there in the way that I thought an amber ale would be sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's a beer that's always sold halfway decently here in the tap room. Um, but like when we sent it out in cans and to market, uh, it just didn't do anything. Uh, so it's a beer we call it's called round and round. Um, and so a lot of times I'll take like, like we call it an, an American mild ale. Um, because the idea of it is, uh, like a British mild, except we're not using, um, there's no British ingredients in it at all. You know, we're using all American malts in it. Uh, we hopped it with Cascade uh, and then we're fermenting it at a higher temp with, with Chico. Um, it, it's a 3.2% beer. Um, it's, it's not necessarily my favorite style of beer to drink. Okay. But just about every time I drink one, I will tell you it's the best thing I ever came up with. Okay. Every time I put it in a box and send it off to brewers, it's the one they would be like, dude, this is it. <laughs> or we'd be out of town at a beer fest and, and have it. And, you know, we'd be down in Kansas city and somebody pop up to us and be like, Oh my God, this is, how'd you do this? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, you know, like lots of time and effort and, you know, paying attention to how ingredients work. Um, but man, when we put that on the shelf, I mean, it just sat there <laughs> and especially like, you know, I, I know how much, uh, uh, working at Nebraska brewing company for so long, I know oh. how much of that brunette nut Brown we used to sell. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while this is definitely coming in lower on the ABV, I mean, it's exactly that kind of just approachable, crushable, drinkable, super malty beer that I know sells well here. Yeah. And man, I mean, we tried and tried and tried and we finally got to the point where we replaced it uh, out in the market. I still, I'll still do a couple like eight barrel batches of it here every year. Um, and as soon as we put it on the regulars that come in here are stoked. Uh, but I'll never, I'll never put it in cans and out in the market again. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you brought up this interesting point of, being at festivals and the beer that brewers like to drink and yeah, yeah. you know, the conversations that happen and there's, there's always been this thought of, you know, brewers really love lagers or craft lagers. Um, you know, how do you, you know, how come, you know, the rest of the, the world hasn't come along or, you know, brewers really love this mild or right, right, a brown right. ale or something like that. You know, how come, you know, the beer customers aren't drinking what, the brewers get jazzed about. Right. And I, I think so much of the, the, you know, the, the lagers becoming popular with brewers, um, these sessionable beers being popular with log with, with brewers. Mm -hmm. I think some of that is a little bit of industry blowback on the IPA thing, because I remember when, all we would drink was IPAs. <laughs> you know, you, you'd go to a brewery and that's what, that's what you were, that's what brewers were looking for. Yeah. And we, and then like, we finally got the public 
to come around on the IPA thing. And, you know, you'll see all these people, you know, oh God, why are there so many IPAs? And why did, why did brewers always make all these IPAs? And it's like, well, you know, cause it's, it's the showcase for hops, right? Number right. one. Yeah. And it was the beer that, that a lot of us were drinking the most of. Um, and, and so now I think with, with everybody's tap boards being so IPA heavy, with the market being so IPA heavy, um, I think it's just kind of like this next evolution in, in what, you know, what brewers are really appreciating. And, you know, if we're going to watch how trends happen, you know, we should definitely be watching what, what brewers want. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nothing against John Q public, but the public should be paying attention to what brewers want yeah. because, you know, I, I get the beer fans, right? Like, you know, you're buying, you're out buying beers. Um, you know, you went to, you went to a handful of breweries this year. Um, you know, you, you got done with your old Chicago tour or whatever. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, um, the public isn't living and breathing this 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, because I don't ever, I don't ever take a break from this. You know, it, it's, it's nonstop. It's all the time for me. Um, you know, even when I'm home watching TV and, and just scrolling through Instagram feeds, I mean, I still think of that as, you know, market research, uh, thinking about what we should do differently, potentially. Um, and, and I really wish we could get to a place where, where the public was just, you know, trusting us and we could just do whatever we want. <laughs> um, but you know, I know that also, no, I know that's like a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's something to be hopeful for, you right. know, to, uh, you know, wish upon the the first star in the sky or whatever, right. go outside, turn around three times and spit whatever, right. you know, the, 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 the voodoo that you have to do. Um, but so that makes me, huh. So many of the beer fans or the beer consumers that are out there, you know, and I'll, and I'll count myself as one of them, you know, like you, you sort of get stuck into ruts. Um, you know, I tend to try to drink what brewers put in front of me, sure. um, especially if it's lower ABV or easy drinking or, you know, clearly well-made. Right. Um, that's sort of the biggest thing for me and not just a you know concoction of here's every hop that we've ever, you know, contracted in, in one glass. In one beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 13 pounds per barrel. Um, yeah, but, uh, 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 I've had one of those beers. I had it like Ren house did that in Arizona a couple years ago and it was, it was fun. It was funny, you know, sure. but you know, it's not for every day. Um, the collaborations that you've yeah. been doing and this, this, this is interesting to me, the collaborations that you've been doing, you know, so you're doing it with the skateboard company to promote a skate park. You've done yeah. it with a lot of bands. You've done it with outside companies and in that case, especially in Nebraska, where you were telling me before we went on craft beer is like 3% of the marketplace. Right. Yeah. You have an opportunity to meet customers outside of that craft beer bubble. Yes. With the sure. beers that you want to put in front of them and they are not already, you know, tainted by haze. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you know, what, if I'm being honest, one of the reasons we approach so. <laughs> one of the reasons we approach beers this way isn't just because I like them. Part of it is because I see the way the Nebraska market works, um, and you know we're still in that kind of emerging zone where we have the opportunity to reach 
a whole lot of customers um, that maybe haven't haven't been reached before. And so, like the with the collaboration beer we did with Precision, uh, Phil, one of their owners, um, I've I've known Phil. I mean, basically my whole teenage plus adult life, and you know, I approached him with this idea. Uh, and you know, I was like, Hey, what would you want to do? And he was like, look, he's like, I'm not a real big beer nerd. Um, but can we do something along the lines of like fat tire or Newcastle? And I was like, perfect. I was like, awesome. Yeah. I was like, we can do this and we'll, and we'll sell the shit out of it. Um, but you know, one of the reasons we do these kind of beers is when somebody hits my door, I'm still aware here that this could very well be their very first craft beer experience. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, and going back again to like at my time at Nebraska brewing, when we were, you know, we had a, a restaurant and it became very clear to me, very, very quick. Cause like, you know, as some beer nerd going to the brewery, you think every, everybody's there for the beer, right? Well, it took me about three or four days of working at a brew pub to really figure out that, you know, 80% of the people there were there because we were a restaurant Yeah, and, and knowing full well that every single one of those people that came in the door because we were a restaurant had, had never ordered an IPA before. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're very aware here that, that when we're doing these things with, with community members, with bands, with things like that, um, that, that it, it could, for sure be the first time somebody bought a six pack of craft beer or the first time they came in and were actually at a brewery. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, yeah, we're, we're very aware of that and, and, you know, and are, are really trying to push people and nudge people in our direction. Um, and I think one of our biggest hangups here in Nebraska isn't so much flavor. It's not so much, Oh man, this stuff's weird. Um, I think in our area, a lot of it is just really based on price. Um, you know, you go in and you see 30 packs of Bush light for whatever they are, 22, $24. Yeah. Um, and that's a 12 pack of ours, you know? So a, a lot of, a lot of our beer drinking here also really focuses on, on quantity over, over quality. Um, you know, you're going to go out to the lake, you're going to go out and, you know, what, whatever you're doing outside and you're going to be drinking as, as much beer as you possibly can put in your stomach versus just having a couple of good beers. Yeah. Um, so that, that's another area where I know we're really up against a wall here. So, yeah. How do you, I mean, thinking long-term for something like that, Sure. where, do, where does your mind go? Yeah. So, um, one of the beers that we opened with, um, and it's amazingly been one of our best selling beers, uh, in the market, uh, is, uh, classic American, you know, bullshit adjunct lager. Um, it's mostly, it's, it's, it's mostly it's corn, it's corn, it's 50% corn, it's 50% Pilsner malt. Um, and then in the last year, we've actually been able to source, um, all the hops that we use that for, uh, for locally, uh, we started using uh, triple pearl hops that are grown, uh, about 10 miles away from the brewery. Um, That's you know, cool. I, I grew up going to shows, um, 
you know, music is just the other kind of half of my life. Um, and so, you know, growing up, going to shows in the nineties, um, you know, everything was sponsored by PBR. Yeah. And that was their, that was their whole advertising budget was sponsoring concerts, small concerts and sponsoring rodeos. Um, and so every time I was at a show, you know, I was young and broke and they're all, you know, this was in the nineties when, you know, you didn't go to a venue and they had 20 taps. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, you know, you were drinking PBRs, you were drinking hams, you were drinking that kind of stuff. Um, and so I said, Hey, you know, if we're going to do this, like we really need to be making this kind of beer for, for Nebraska consumers, you know, and, and for me, um, and, you know, three years in now, uh, and we're actually getting ready. I think we'll probably be brewing it in a couple of weeks. We're actually making a, a light version of it um, to get in cans and get out into people's hands. Um, which, if you would ask me when I got into brewing, if I was ever going to make a light beer, <laughs> you know, I probably would have punched you or spit at you or, or, you know, at least had a few choice words. Okay. Um, but you know, it's well, the first time I brewed this was, at, was at home before we opened the brewery. And, um, you know, it was really before the kind of trend of these kind of beers, you know, lots of people doing them had, had hit. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as we made it at home and, and started sampling it to our friends, I mean, everybody was like, oh my God, this is like, you know, X, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, well, you know, like we're, we're making it with all, all real ingredients, you know, we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're using, uh, we use all breeze malt here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm using the best American malt I can buy. Uh, we're using quality corn and instead of just some kind of adjunct, you know, syrup. Um, and, you know, we're using really good you know, real hops. Um, and you know, we've definitely seen that beer turn people on to, to what we do here. And so, yeah, look, looking forward, you know, you know, we're saying to hell with it and, and putting out a light beer. Why not? Yeah. And I mean, and, and in your brewer mind, you, you can reconcile that, right? I mean, it, oh, it feels absolutely. like, Brewers have evolved past the, you know, I'm not going to make the, you know, you know, the the most popular style of beer on the planet. You know, the the, the craft, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the craft the craft brewers for a long time were so hesitant about that, but now you you almost have to embrace it. I think, yeah, I think you do, and I think we really did. I think we really did a disservice to both ourselves and consumers, um, you know, as brewers when we just kind of shunned all that stuff. Uh, I, I drink a lot of Miller high life when I'm out, you know, if we're, yeah. if we're somewhere um, and, you know, all, all they have on tap is, you know, either something I made or um, you know, it's all, all ABI craft brands. Uh, you know, I'm definitely getting a high life because I, I know what it is. I know it's going to be pretty good. And I'm pretty sure that I can drink a few of them. <laughs> More in a minute. But first, thanks to the companies that help keep the mics hot around here. Athletic Brewing Company's innovative process allows them to brew great tasting craft beer 
without the alcohol. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping on two six-packs or more. New customers can also get 10% off of their entire order with code BEEREDGE10, limit one per customer. When it comes to printed brewery products, head to Stomp Stickers. The company is a reliable resource for printed items such as beer labels and boxes, keg collars, coasters, and more. Visit StompStickers.com and use code DRINKBEER15 for 15% off your first order. And we're brought to you by NZ Hops, a cooperative of master growers whose legend and cultivars have been crafted for over 150 years to produce some of the world's finest hops. NZ Hops are like no others, unique in their flavor and aroma. Visit nzhops.co.nz to explore more. And now back to my conversation with Sam Riggins of Cosmic Eye Brewing in Nebraska. Is there... So... When you think about it, it's so interesting to me at the tail end of 2021, uh, where you're still saying that, you know, Nebraska is a state still has a long way to go. Um, yeah. You know, and that it, it's it's behind the rest of the country or, you know, a, sure. a lot of the country. Yep. Um, I do, do you think that there is a lot of grant? Do you think that there are? And battles to be won and, and more ground to, to make up or because in 2021, it just strikes me as like, I, I, I don't know that it's, you guys are, are so far behind maybe. Yeah, we are so far behind. And it, I mean, and if you look at really in anything in any industry, uh, rest, rest, uh, let's pick on restaurants. Okay. Um, and here, here in Lincoln, we have a lot of really, we have a vibrant, rich immigrant community here in Lincoln. Um, basically, since since the Vietnam War, uh, we have been a, a refugee relocation site um, for any terrible thing that's happening around the world. Um, so, starting starting Vietnam era, um, lots of Cambodians lots of Vietnamese people came here as refugees, you know, fast forward, you know, through the, through the eighties and nineties, a lot of Iraq, Iraqi refugees, uh, refugees from Bosnia, Herzegovina, Eastern Europe, uh, Sudanese people. Uh, and now we're, we're starting to see, uh, influx of, of Afghani refugees here as well. Wow. Uh, so Catholic social services, um, uh, really works hard at, on uh, refugee placement. Uh, and there's the Lutheran church has a similar program and I can't remember what it's called, but so we're always getting new immigrants here. Uh, and because of that, we have all these great little African markets, uh, Asian markets, you know, the best pho restaurant I've ever eaten at is here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Uh, it's one of my favorite foods and pho when here is, heads above everybody I've ever had. So, but you know, you'll go to these restaurants and they're just dead. Uh, you go to locally owned restaurants, smaller restaurants that are still kind of like American food, you know, bar and grill kind of places. And unless you're a big sports bar, they're not really busy. Um, Applebee's, Olive Garden, <laughs> uh, you know, famous Dave's chain restaurants, just get yeah. slammed. 
And there's always been this weirdness here about that. Um, And so, you know, when I'm thinking like when we're up against that, um, it's just very easy to see how we're kind of up against a wall against the bi- the big beer producers or the big the big spirit producers or or the winemakers as well. Yeah. Um, and and what we really see here, one of the things we don't have here that I think would would really help. Um, you know, I don't like to bash on distributors, um, but you know their their business model is never going to line up with what you hundred percent want and need for your business. Um, so we don't have any self distribution options here. Uh, so all of us have to work with, with distributors. Um, and, and really what I, where I see the bottleneck, um, in in the beer sales and the beer growth for craft beer really is at that distributor level. Um, because we can, we can go out and sell, try to sell beer all day. But if, if the kegs don't make it there, if the beer doesn't make it there, there's really nothing. We have no recourse and, and nothing we can do about it. Um, and, you know, there's the most our distributors here are, you know, associated with, you know, I know they're all independent, but they're all generally associated with a larger brewing company <clears throat> um, yeah. and our, our smaller um our smaller distributors here generally aren't just beer focused wholesalers. You know, they've got the wine portfolio, the spirits portfolio. Um, so when they're sending people out they're you know, they're, they're still selling, you know, 200 different products on top of yours. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think really where, where the disconnect is, is on that, that sales tier and that distribution tier. Um, because so many of us, I mean, I just don't have the money or resources to, to have a dedicated sales rep all the time. Right. Um, and I think really, and then that goes kind of to that, that next, that next tier of, of the sale at the store, at the bar. Um, you know, you really don't see craft focused things here the way that you would like, I mean, I remember like going to Chicago and the first time I went to like map room and hop leaf. Um, and, and it just blew me away because oh, yeah. every, everybody that worked there cared about the beer, cared about what they were doing. And even if they didn't know the whole tap and bottle list, um, they could definitely steer you in the right direction. Um, and, and I think here in Nebraska, we, we really, aside from a handful of places that do this really well, um, most places, it, you're just another beer on tap to them. Um, and there's, there's just not the the passion behind it as, as you'd see maybe somewhere else. Um, and I think those are really the kind of the two places where we have a lot of, a lot of room to make up. That's so interesting to me. Cause I mean, my only experience, I, I, I think I've been to Nebraska twice now for, for two different beer festivals. Uh, but I mean, it's five, six years ago now at this point. And you know, I, I, I thought, you know, things were a little bit more together, um, but it sounds, I, and obviously like the beer itself is, is strong coming out of the breweries. I, I'm, I'm not saying yeah, that right. you know, that's not it. Um, yep. Yeah. But it's, so well, it's, it's yeah. always funny to me when, you know, people that aren't from here um, are like surprised that we make good beer. <laughs> 
Really? That's yeah. Oh yeah. We, we still get that all the time. Yeah. Is that yeah. like a coastal elitism thing that you're getting oh. or is it from, you know, just like the, the people in Iowa who don't like, you. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all the Iowans. Okay. They can, they just keep winning the football games and have to rub it all in. Um, but no, I, I really do think, I really do think that I, I think there's still really are huge swaths, swaths of the country that really think that we're just, you know, driving tractors around, going to one room schoolhouses, you know, and, and, you know, don't realize that, you know, we have things like the internet and, um, you know, like roads and plumbing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's always been a really strange thing to me. And I don't, I don't know if it's a thing that'll ever honestly, a hundred percent go away. You know, I, I have misconceptions. Well, it's just like here, everybody thinks, you know, that California is just one giant city full of Democrats. Um, it is. It is. I, I, I was just there. I'm just trying to, um, I'm just trying, I'm, I'm just trying to get my check from the deep state here, John. Yeah. I mean, listen, Um, if you want to talk about stereotypes, I'm from New Jersey, so I'm I'm incredibly used to it guy. Yeah. But people here just think that California is all one big giant city. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you go to California, as soon as you get out of the cities, you're like, Oh my God, this is like super rural. And and there's hillbillies, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, you get up in the mountains and they, you know, there's real, real deal mountain folk up there. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think we're, I think we're all guilty of that to some extent. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think when you would have been coming out here, like for great Nebraska beer fest um, was really at a time when we were kind of seeing the pendulum start swinging, right? Like w- that was, that was kind of right in the zone of like, Hey, everything's taken off here. Everybody's doing really well with this here. Um, and I feel like maybe three or four years ago, we kind of hit this like peak and it's just, everything's just kind of like stalled out just a little bit. Um, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like we're at the point where like, we've just got to find, um, that next gear, uh, and, and, you know, and whatever that looks like. Um, right now our Brewers Guild, we're in the middle of trying to get, yeah, some self-distribution things going. Um, really with the advent, just like everywhere else, you know, these like really small breweries, you know, this, you know, people that are on three barrel systems, two barrel systems. Um, we've seen so many of those pop up in small towns across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these are places that are three and four and five hours away from, from Lincoln and Omaha, um, which are the real only serious population centers in the state. Right. Um, and so, you know, like having, having one of the, you know, there's distributors out in that area, but, you know, having to, even then they're an hour and a half, two hours away, you know, it's not like you're 10 minutes down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, having that small of production and then having to tie up a distributor for three hours of commute time to pick up maybe a pallet of beer, um, is, is difficult, not just for breweries, but it's difficult on the distribution end too. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we're looking at here in the state, and I think we'll, I think we'll get it. I think it's still probably at least a year or two away. Um, I think we'll see some level of self-distribution here actualized soon. Um, and I, I really hope that that's kind of the thing that helps kind of like stir things up and kind of kicks things into that next mode. 
I, I love that you have become like the de facto governor of Nebraska on this podcast of just giving us the, the overview. I, I didn't, I didn't know that the conversation was going to go into, you know, the inner workings of your state's liquor laws oh, and, sure. you know, distribution uh, sure. contracts and everything. But I mean, it's, but this is, I mean, this is what the beer industry is in so many ways. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I always tell people that, um, you know, um, Opening a brewery puts you in the unfortunate position of having to sell beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's like, oh, man, isn't this so great? And you're like, yeah, I mean, if I didn't have to sell it all, it'd be amazing. Yeah. You are selling beer and you are selling wine and spirits. And yep. you mentioned earlier that you could sell uh, other beer Yeah. in your tap room if Pie in the sky, if you could have a dedicated tap of any beer that wasn't your own, uh, regardless of whether yeah, or not yeah. it's available in Nebraska right now, do, do you know what that tap would be? Terrace Bulba, 100% all really? the time. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's my. It's probably my favorite beer ever that I've ever had. Um, uh, it's So we have – our tap room is heavily decorated. Uh, my wife and I just – collect art, collect posters, collect weird shit. Um, so we kind of made this an extension of our, of our home collection. Um, and we have all kinds of band stuff, tattoo stuff, art our friends have made. Uh, and the only, we only have things up from, from two breweries. Uh, I have a giant Terrace Bulba poster, uh, and we have a handful of like really cool or of all things. Okay. Um, and other than that, and aside from our sticker wall, uh, we don't have any other beer related stuff up here. Um, we were actually able to have a Terrace Bulba guest tap was our, was our very first guest tap. That's um, awesome. Getting it from Delicent. Yeah. We sold, uh, we got a 20, I think it was, a. I think those were 20 liter kegs. Um, uh, my, my friend, Matt Dinges, um, used to work for Shelton brothers for a long time. Uh, he opened his own, um, distribution company here in Lincoln. Um, and he was like, Hey, I'm getting Terrace Bulba. I think I'm getting 320 liters. And I said, I, I first, I said, I'll take them all. And, right. he, and he said, I can't, he said, I can't do that. He said, I don't even know if I can sell you one because it might make other people mad. And I said, we're the only place in the Midwest that has a terrace bulb poster up. <laughs> I think you should sell me a keg. Yeah. And I put this on thinking that I was going to be drinking off it for a couple of weeks and was probably going to lose money on it because I was the only one drinking it. Okay. We put it on on a Saturday afternoon and I, it, it wasn't even like dinner time and it was gone. That's amazing. It was insane. We did, we've done the Orval days here too. Sure. Um, and uh, the first time I just got, I think I got a, a I think I just got a case. Uh, we advertised it. Hey, we're doing Orval day. If you don't know what this beer is, you should. Yes. And, and that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we've approached our, our guest taps guest beers and it was like hey if you've never had this beer um you absolutely should and I, the first year we did it we got a case uh we sold it all in an hour and then the next year we got a yeah a, I, it's my cases. kind of drinkers in lincoln yeah, nebraska yeah, yeah, yeah this right. is well and i i think part of it is just like you know when we 
like I said, we have really good regular customers and, yeah. and they trust us and, and what we're doing. Um, and the people that get it, you know, get it. And so when you're throwing something else at them and saying, Hey, like as, as part of my journey as a brewer, um, and, and as a, and as a creative person, um, you know, this, this was a, a highly important step for me to find this. Yeah. And we look up, we look up to these people and, and what they do and you throw it out there and you know, people just line up for it. And it's been, kind of, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so in looking in advance of this, I was looking uh, at your, your menus and mm-hmm. you're doing some cool stuff with spirits. Um, uh, you're doing some, uh, or uh, not, not necessarily with spirits. You're doing some cool stuff with uh, blending beers into other ingredients, including like a, a bloody Mary uh, with lager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and then you had something that was called Baltimore style. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that you were saying is like a Rattler, but better. Yeah. yeah I, so, I, I don't know if I've ever heard of Baltimore style. So in, in I, I saw this article on, I don't know, thrill list or some shit like that okay. a long time ago. And then kind of like shelved it. it. It was one of those things that was in the back of my brain. And then I saw, uh, it was probably a year and a half ago. Um, I saw somebody post it up on Facebook. And so apparently I, I'm the last time I was in Baltimore, I was in ninth grade. So we weren't really going out and drinking very much. Not much, <laughs> not much. Um, <laughs> so, uh, apparently there's this thing they do in Baltimore called the spaghetti, and, uh, they basically crack a bottle of high life, dump some of it out, and then they add in um, a little bit of Aperol and a little bit of lemon juice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, now I've heard of that. I didn't know right. that that was called Baltimore style. Well, so we, when we put this out, um, I had, I had to get creative with what we called it. <laughs> okay. Cause um, when we first put it out, I had an Italian Pilsner on that was called um, it was called <laughs> definitely not spaghetti sauce. Um okay. And so, you know, we couldn't really put it on the menu as spaghetti because it was just very confusing. Right. <laughs> so I was like, well, it's from Baltimore, so we're going to call it Baltimore style. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, no, I, it, it works. I mean, it's, yeah. And they're, it's, they're so good. And like we found uh, the first day we got them because like we got it and, <laughs> and started doing it with that, with Dead Man's Run, that, that American lager. Yep. And it was kind of a slow day or something. And so I had the brew of both my guys working for me come up front and we just started trying it with, with all our beers and it worked really well with all the sours. Um, and surprisingly, um, with, um, kind of our more modern hop forward IPAs, it was, it was amazing with all of them. Um, and so we, so we just made it a full-time thing. Um, and the, the Bloody Mary beers also, I mean, that's one of the reasons, um, that's one of the big reasons that we, we did this Dead Man's Run beer is uh, red, red beer, um, just beer with tomato juice, uh, is a huge thing in Nebraska and a lot of the Midwest. I mean, it's, it's sometimes I'll go like a whole month in the summer and like that's all I'm drinking. Okay. Uh, and so in, in order to kind of facilitate you know, that conversation with consumers, it was like, you know, let's just make our own Bloody Mary mix. 
um, and we'll just do these Bloody Mary beers. Um, and it's, it, that kind of goes back and forth as our number one seller here in the tap room. Really? Yep. Yep. Okay. And, and, and again, that's just that, like, you know, we know that there's people coming here because they love beer. And then we know that, you know, Steve and Jill that are coming with them, that might be the first time they've been to a brewery. Yeah. Uh, it's a big reason why we have the wine and spirits It is for those consumers. Um, and then the same, the same with like kind of the bloody Mary beer. I mean, I would probably have it on regardless because I like them. Yeah. Um, but, but like giving those people that are maybe uncomfortable, uh, don't know what to order. Um, you know, just giving them that option of something that that's, that's easy and recognizable. Uh, cause one of the things I always noticed at beer festivals or, or, uh, when I was in the, in the tap room at the, at the NBC brew pub was, as soon as you told somebody something familiar to them, you know, you could rattle off this beer list all day Yeah, and it could be the best beer list in the world. And if you have no concept or frame of reference to, you know, um, to, to Citra hops, like, okay, cool. I don't know. Right. But as soon as you tell them that there's orange peel in the wit beer, you see their eyes light up and they'll go, yeah, I want that. Um, so part of it for us is like, you know, finding those things that are like recognizable, um, f- for those consumers, um, cause, cause we want them to come back. Um, and, and I also know that, you know, if they come here with their friends, like, you know, three or four times a year, um, maybe that fourth time they'll finally order a beer, you know, cause they, they tried something off of somebody else's flight last time and yeah. liked it. I mean, I have a really awesome story about this lady that came in here and we had maybe been open for about a year. Um, and she came in and was just like, I don't want anything that tastes like beer. Um, I don't, you know, I, or like craft beer. She's like, I don't want anything heavy. I don't want anything. And we were like, Hey, look, we've got dead man's run. Um, you know, this is our, our beer that tastes like beer that you recognize as beer. And she was like, okay, cool. So she went down and sat down and I could see her drinking it. And she's giving me this big thumbs up and has this big smile on her face. And then I I see her start tasting. I think, I think she was with three or four different people and all of them got flights and I'm pretty sure all of them had different flights. And so I see her like looking at me and smiling after she tastes a beer off a flight, finishes her American lager comes up and orders a steam breather, which is like a straight up German Donf beer. Okay. Which, I mean, I think we're still one of only a handful of breweries in the country that have brewed one. I, I can't think of the last time that I've seen one. <laughs> right. On, yeah. Right. And so, you know, this is arguably the weirdest, you know, outsider beer that we've done. Um, and she said, Oh my God, I've always thought craft beer was stupid. And she said, this, this steam beer thing is the best beer I've ever had. <laughs> and I was just like, and then like a week later she was in drinking Donf beer. That's what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first time I had a Donf beer, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And I it's... knew a lot about beer. We were driving up to madison wisconsin or something and and stopped at uh the rock bottom in des moines okay my friend eric Sorensen was was brewing there then and 
I think he didn't have it on the board yet and like went and did a bright tank pull of it. And I was like, what in the hell is this? He was like, it's a Dampf beer. And I was like, what in the hell is that? He's like, it's a, it's a German steam beer. And I was like, so what? I was like, it's half yeast and some caramel malt and all Pilsner malt. And he was like, yeah, there's some Munich and stuff in there too. Huh. And I was like, well, why? I was like, what made you do this? And he said, well, Todd Hogg at Surly just did one and I had to show him how to do it right. And I was like, oh my God. Because like, they all worked at rock bottom together yeah. and still have this kind of funny competition amongst themselves. It's yeah. just kind of never going to end. The, the alumni from that brewery uh, oh, it's nuts, around the right? country is, yeah. 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 Uh, and like all those guys were working together at the same time. And to see what all of them went on and did, it's just crazy. Yeah. But then, you know, you flash forward a couple of years and I was doing all my pilot beers for this and I was getting ready to brew a Hefeweizen and it just so happened it was the same, it was the same week that, that Surly uh, came into the Nebraska market and I went down to Happy Raven, which is a craft beer bar downtown here and sure as shit, they had the Donf beer on and I was like, oh my God, I was like, I forgot all about this. Yeah. And the way I was brewing at home then, I just had ingredients. And so I so I could just kind of brew whatever I wanted. You know, if I saw something in a magazine or heard somebody talking about something, I just had like a hop inventory and a malt inventory uh, and, and just kind of had it set up so I could just do whatever kind of struck me. Right. And so I, I was like, well, I, I had the starter going for this half. And I was like, well, guess I'm brewing a Donf beer tomorrow. And... Every time we put it on, it it goes crazy. But again, like if if we wouldn't have that easily approachable, identifiable thing, that lady never would have stayed here. She never would have tried something off her friend's flight, and she never would have come back. Right. That's <laughs> weird uh, how that works. Life's weird, man. Yeah, but. So I started off by asking you, um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're as the doer of all things, um, you know, what, uh, uh, what you like to do, uh, aside from making beer, yeah. um, what is the, what is the thing that, uh, if, if you never had to do it again, starting tomorrow, that would make you happy. Oh man. I don't know. Cause in my mind, it's also interconnected, you know, that okay. when you take, when you take a piece out of it that you don't, I mean, clean, cleaning bathrooms is a pretty big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Necessary worked, though. Yeah. I worked as a janitor for, for 10 years. Um, so I've, I've probably cleaned upwards of 150,000 bathrooms. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of always like, you know, I put my time in on that, <laughs> you know, and, and unfortunately, when I say I'm the doer of all things, I'm yeah. leaving out the, all the stuff that my wife does. Um, <laughs> because I have a wife who is an integral partner to our, to our business. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm essentially kind of running back of the house operations, uh, and she kind of handles front of the house operations. So she's, uh, she's doing all our bar scheduling. She, she does payroll, um, we do a lot of like craft events and things like that. And she, she kind of manages all that stuff. Um, so there's already a lot of things um, that she has really taken off of my plate uh, that I don't have to even deal with or mess with. So um, 
Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that I'm not good at or wouldn't be good at, um, she's already kind of handling. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's been awesome because it's been really organic for us. Um, like we've never really ever had to sit down and say, you're going to do this and I'm going to do this. Like it's always just kind of happened. Okay. Um, so yeah. So when I say the doer of all things, I should just say I, the doer of, of lots of things. Okay. <laughs> um, well then let me, let me, uh, do this then and looking at your menu one last time, uh, mm-hmm. you, you serve Malort shots, uh, which yes. g- good on you for doing. It's the only uh, shot I'll do. I imagine that your lager is probably the best beer pairing. If you were going to do a beer, a, a beer in a shot, but I'm wondering oh. if there is something, another style that complements, um, you know, depression yeah. and barbed wire. <laughs> Yeah. So, so for me with Malort, I get such a heavy, intense grapefruit out of it. Um, that, that for me, it's just, it's so complimentary to like, to, to IPAs for me. Uh, okay. but you know, I mean, we don't have it on the menu, but we jokingly have the, the Nebraska handshake, you know, to, to give the nod to, to Chicago. Um, but yeah, I mean, it goes really well with IPAs. Um, yeah, I, it's, I don't drink hardly any liquor, um, but like if somebody comes in here and is like, hey, let's do a shot of Malort, I'm always game. <laughs> You're like, sure, sorry your life is going so poorly. Yeah, Let right? me help you. We sell, um, so mu- we sell so much of it. I'll bet. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing how that's taken on the the resurgence that it has and just the, you know, the fondness that people have for it. Yeah. So, um, I love that you brought it back to Nebraska uh, towards the end of this. And um, Sam, thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for yeah. the, the, you know, the insider uh, guide to your state, but also sure. uh, your thoughtfulness behind all the beers and uh, yeah. what you're trying to do. So thanks for, cool. thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, John. It was good talking to you. A reminder to check out beeredge.com to stock up on all of your defend Pilsner and camp Rauk beer merch needs. Everything ships from the podcast headquarters here. And if you order soon, you can be sipping eggnog out of quality glassware within days. Go to beeredge.com slash merch to learn more. And as always, you can follow us on social media at The Beer Edge. And if you have questions, comments, guest suggestions, or anything else, you can always reach out to me on email. It's John Hall, J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L at beeredge.com. Or you can join the conversation on Twitter at John underscore Hall. And if smoked beer conversation is what you desire, well, join the other enthusiasts on the This Week in Rauk Beer Facebook page or get with us on Twitter and Instagram at TWRaukBeer. Thanks, as always, to the folks who help keep the mics hot around here, including Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company's innovative process allows them to brew great tasting craft beer without the alcohol. From IPAs to stouts to gold nails and more, they offer a full selection of beers starting at only 50 calories. Now you can keep your head clear and enjoy the refreshing taste of beer anytime, anywhere. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping on two six-packs or more. New customers can also get 10% off of their entire order with code BEEREDGE10. Limit one per customer. And... 
We're brought to you by Stump Stickers. Stump is a proud member of the Brewers Association that produces a wide variety of printed brewery products, such as beer labels, keg collars, coasters, beer boxes, and much more. Stump's website features an easy-to-use design tool, low-quantity orders, fast turnaround times, and free domestic shipping. Visit stompstickers.com and use code DRINKBEER15 for 15% off your first order. And we're brought to you by NZ Hops, a cooperative of master growers whose legend and cultivars have been crafted for over 150 years with creativity and passion to produce some of the world's finest hops. With a dedicated hop breeding program and farming knowledge handed down through the generations, the current day master growers proudly provide 18 unique New Zealand hop varieties to the world. Visit nzhops.co.nz or find them on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at nzhopsltd to learn more. As promised, Jack Hendler is back with us. Jack Savvy is a sponsor of this episode, and I hope you'll give them a closer look. We've been talking about the Lager of the World series, Destination Estonia. It's available now, and Jack, you're four into this series in 2021. What do you think you've learned about Lagers of the World over the last year? I've just been so excited to meet and learn about all these other craft breweries around the world that are focusing on lager. And it's been really reassuring to what our mission's been to promote craft lager and to see the passion from all these other breweries around the world has just been a great experience. Having a Baltic Porter as part of this series um, with this great Estonian brewery that, uh, that, that, that you're working with, um, what do you want people to be looking out for flavor-wise, aroma-wise with that beer? This beer, it's 8.5%. It uses rye. It uses a lot of dark malts, chocolate malt, roasted malt. So it's going to be a somewhat sweet, full-bodied, roasty, chocolatey Baltic porter. It should be perfect for the winter season. Where to next? Are you going to keep this going? Absolutely. This will this project will continue on into 2022. We have four more breweries that we'll be partnering with and can't wait to talk about all these projects over the next year. Well, we'll stay tuned. And Jack, thanks again. I'm going to remind everybody to go check out jacksabby.com. You can learn more about this beer, all the other loggers of the world, and all the other loggers that the brewery has on offer. And again, thanks to the brewery for being a sponsor of this podcast. A reminder to check out the Beer Edge podcast with Andy Crouch. Steal This Beer has new episodes every Monday, and the BYO Nano podcast drops on the 15th of every month. Back here, Nate Schweber performs our theme music, Jeff Quinn designed our logo, and I'm John Hall. New episodes release every Wednesday, and that's when I'm going to be back again to drink beer and to think beer.